You're listening to AskDaryl.com. You've got questions, we'll get you the answers. AskDaryl.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 33 of the Ask Daryl podcast. The Ask Daryl podcast is where I, your host, Daryl Girardier, take your questions on social media, technology, and communications all dealing with the church and do my best to answer them in the most brief yet thorough way possible. Email. Yeah, we're talking about email today and how you can use it effectively for your church. Now, I know email is not exactly, um, when we say the... uh, latest craze if you will to use that term um it's been around for a while yet i find it to be one of the most effective ways to communicate to your congregation so today we're going to talk about how you can do it how you can do it well um and why you should use it Uh, so let's first start with why you should use it first off one of the things i love about email is you actually own email the email list you have for your church you own facebook uh, Twitter, they don't have that list. In other words, that is your list. If something happened to Facebook or Twitter or Instagram tomorrow, you'd still have your email list. Okay, so you own that list, just like you, you kind of you own your website. Those are the two pillars, I think, of uh, of a digital strategy that most people forget that they own your website and your email list. So I like email because we own it for one. Two, um, I, you can get really good analytics from email. I can see the open rate. In other words, open rate, by the way, is how many people actually opened the email, how people actually clicked on it and actually opened up the email and actually read the email. Um, what the, what happens is, is how they calculate the open rate is a lot of companies insert a little transparent image into the email. So when it opens, it loads the image, and then the email company knows that they, quote, unquote, opened the email. So it's a pretty good effective way to figure out how many people are actually opening and reading the emails. The second thing is, is the click-through rate. So uh, first thing is open rate. Second thing is click-through rate. And click-through rate basically means how many people actually clicked on whatever I asked them to do to follow through with that. So I like the fact I can see who opened it, and I can find out how people are actually clicking through to actually do the call to action. So, you know, depending on your tool, you can actually get really granular, and you can actually see who actually opened it who actually clicked on it. Uh, we use Mandrel, which is a tool i believe it was developed by mailchimp so it's actually like a think of it like a subsidiary of mailchimp called mandrel and we have all of our outgoing email lists go through mandrel and mandrel takes care of that for us in terms of lets me have a report that i can see who opened the email and who didn't open the email so it gets me really good indication also of which emails are getting bounced you know a lot of times we might not realize that you know some stuff is end up in the spam folder so it kind of has a good idea of let me know kind of where we where we're at so the question is is if we're going to use email how do we create our email strategy that's going to work okay so a couple things you need to do to create a really good solid email strategy first thing you need to do is you need to segment your email list a lot of times churches have an email list and it's kind of like a come one come all it's the one big massive email list and it's not segmented by people's ministry preferences in other words if you've got kids you know you have a children's list if you got preschool there's a preschool list student list student list if you got choir members or worship you know segmenting your list allows you to be more effective and be more niche based with how you send your emails now that might seem like common sense but for a lot of churches again they're sending one email out to everybody and sometimes it contains everything so if you can make your emails more personable and more niche-based, you're going to find your emails are more effective because they're more relevant to the people that you're sending them to. So first thing I want to do is I want to segment that audience, and I want to make sure that 
the right people are getting the right emails. So at our church, you actually have a lot of different emails you can sign up for, uh, for a lot of different ministries that are very segmented based. Um, at the same time, we do have one email that goes to everybody, and that is our our weekly kind of like, hey, our almost like an e-bulletin, if you will, to use that term. I'm not super crazy about it, but it's tradition that when I came here, that's what they did. Um, and so at some point, we'll probably reassess that. But that's the one email that everybody does get. However, we also have the ability to send targeted emails to individual groups. So you need to make sure you have your email list segmented out so you can make sure you're targeting people to make those emails more effective. So that's first thing is segmenting the email. The second thing we're going to do is we're going to really focus on the subject line because the subject line is probably maybe you could say it, the most important part of the email because it's the first thing that people see. And a lot of us really overlook this part. We have this tendency to just put in either a routine thing like this is the weekly update for, you know, whatever, whatever church. And while that may make sense and it's easy to build a template by which you do those things, the problem is, is you get what we call store blind. And store blind means essentially people see it over and over again and they stop really recognizing it and really start stop paying attention to it. So we want headlines that will provoke interest. Um, the example I always use is the Obama campaign. I think it's 2000, 2012. Their most famous email headline was the word, hey, um, that's all it was. The email just said, hey, and they said that was extremely effective. Why? Because the email provoked interest. So what you want to do is you want to have an email headline that's going to provoke interest to your audience. You don't want the email to feel routine. You want it to have some sort of interest. Now, one way to look at it is, is you can approach it like you're writing an email to a friend. What subject line would you use for our friend? Okay. In fact, actually the way actually to be more specific, what I want to do is I want the email headline to provoke the same interest that you would have when you get an email from a friend. I want to have that same emotion. You know, when I get an email from a company, I don't have to get really excited about it unless it's, they're shipping me something I was waiting for, but emails from friends that has a different emotion. I want to click, I want to open the emails from my friends. So how do I create that with the email headline? Okay. The other thing is I want to have this idea that just a little, a little bit like a, a little bit of a curveball for them. So here's an example of email headline that a lot of people write. They'll write children volunteers needed. Okay. Well, that's great. You stated, you know, you're very accurate and stated what you need, but you didn't really pique my interest. I mean, you could easily just change that to say, we need you. Seriously, we need you. Okay. Just by doing, we need you. And then seriously, comma, we need you. You've added a little bit of, of maybe a little bit of snark and maybe a little sarcasm to the email, but you've caught their interest because you played around and you did a little, you did something a little different. You were a little playful with the email. So try to find ways to be playful with your emails, pique their interest, make them want to open the email. Now, however, here's a word of caution. What you don't want to do is what we call clickbait. Clickbait is when you create something in such a way that um, you're provoking people to open the email only to have them disappointed by what they find inside. And we'll talk about what they're going to, what, you know, what they, what you write inside the email here in a second, but we want to make sure we don't create emails, headlines that or subject lines, if you will, that, that provoke something that's really not going to happen. Um, we got to be very, very careful about that because otherwise people will start thinking, man, this is just spam and they'll start throwing their trash. Okay. So let's avoid trying to do clickbait. One last thing when you're thinking about subject lines, one good way to come up with subject lines. And I think it's a, to me, it's a really easy way to do it is look at your email inbox, see which emails you opened and see which emails you didn't open. What about the emails that you opened? What do they all have in common? What were some of the subject headlines that you saw? Okay, that really piqued my interest. Um, I find that if you can 
look and see what patterns are working from other companies that are working on you, then they're probably going to work on your congregation as well. So we need to master the subject headline. The second thing we need, the, th- the third thing we need to do is we need to really, really think about how we're going to handle the body copy of the email. Okay. Uh, a lot of us, what we'll do is, is we'll write these long drawn out emails with paragraphs upon paragraphs of information um, because we think we want to be formal. We want to be respectful of people. We want to, um, we want to make ourselves seem serious. And I get that. And I deal with ministers a lot. And a lot of them come from seminary or college trained backgrounds. And they've written a lot of academic papers. And they want to write in such a way that people take them seriously as who they are. And that's really understandable. The problem is, is that's not the way people want to read email. Okay. You, when you're writing email, there's a couple different ways you can approach it that I think are effective. One, you can try a conversational tone. Be conversational with how you approach email in the sense of like you're having a conversation with someone. Break sentences up. Uh, break some grammatical rules every once in a while, just like you would in a conversation. The other thing you can do is you can provide bullet points. Um, if your information, if your email is about information that a parent needs to know for something, provide bullet points, simple, clear bullet points, and do it on the front front end. Say, hey, folks, this is coming up. Here's what you need to know, point one, point two, point three, and make it clear and simple as possible and kind of be concise as possible. There's nothing like getting an email where all the information I need is buried throughout a whole bunch of different paragraphs because we feel like we need to spell out every single detail. When the reality of it is, is we just need a few short bullet points to get our point across. Also, when you're thinking about the body of your emails, let's try to also avoid too many images. There's nothing like opening up my email and then my email automatically doesn't load images. And all of a sudden I see these big gaping holes and then copy, then gaping hole, then copy. Images are great, however, and they're impactful. However, if you load it with too many images, it's A, looks odd, and B, doesn't always render well for mobile devices. So what I want you to do is I want you to really think through if you really actually need an image to pull this off. In some cases you do, and in some cases you don't. And the last thing I need you to do when you got an email is make sure all of your emails have a clear call to action. What do you want people to do? If they read that email, what's the big thing you want them to do? And can they find out how you want them to do it? Is there a button? Is there a link? Is there something clearly stated saying this is what we want you to do? Okay. Make sure that clear call to action is there on your email. All right. So that's how we treat our body copy. Now, a couple of other things we can do to make sure our email strategy is working is we can do what we call A-B testing of our subject lines. So what you do is, is don't send out all of your, your, into your entire list from the start. Instead, pick a small sample size and send one group, one subject line and send another group, another subject line and see which people open up, which one more. Okay. And then all of a sudden you have a small sample of which subject line is going to work. And then whichever subject line people opened up more of, and then you send that subject line out to everybody else. That's what we call AB testing. It's a really effective way to test and see which subject line is going to work. So I suggest at some point you need to try some A-B testing on your subject lines to figure out what's working and what's not working. Next thing you can do, and this is all dependent on who you use to actually send out your email. Some, I believe it's MailChimp and I want to say AWeber if that's who you send out to your email through. I believe the other function to do this is, is you can, in certain cases, send, resend the email to everybody who didn't open the email. But this time you can change the subject line. So maybe the problem was people didn't open the email because they didn't like the subject line, didn't catch their attention, or they just ignored it. So resend it, but this time change out the subject line. Change it to something else. Think of it like another way of doing A-B testing, but you're doing A-B testing with the people that didn't open it the first time. So resend the email out, but change the subject line and see how people 
react by the second time they get the email, but this time with a different subject line. Now, keep in mind, you don't want to do this too often because otherwise it seems like you're sending people the same email with different headlines all the time, and that seems like spam. However, this is not a bad, and it's not, it's, not a, it's not a bad thing to do every once in a while. Try something different to see what's working with people and what's not working with people as well. Now, last thing you need to do when you're creating an email strategy, after you figure out the subject line, the body copy, you've segmented your list, and you've been doing some A-B testing on your headlines is, you actually need to give people an easy way out of email. Now, and this, that, this may seem like a small thing, but there's nothing more frustrating for a church member who doesn't want to receive the email about, I don't know, the, um, the children's ministry anymore. And they have to turn around to email somebody and hope that person gets the email and hopes them takes them off the list. Or there's no unsubscribe button anywhere inside the email. So you need to make sure it's very clearly labeled down at the bottom where it says that there should be a place where somebody can click with one easy click unsubscribe out of an email list. There's nothing more frustrating than people, especially if you're a visitor and you get put on an email list and not have the ability to get out of the email list that in some cases you might never have signed up for. So keep that in mind. Well, those are the steps to create what I believe is an effective email strategy for you and your church. If you've got a question for me, head over to askdarrell.com. That's A-S-K-D-A-R-E-L.com. You can direct message me on Twitter. I'm at DGerardier, or you can get me on iTunes, or you can check me out on Android. Uh, we are on the Stitcher app if you are an Android user. You can also rate this podcast on iTunes, which would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Bye. Thanks for listening to AskDaryl.com. Don't forget, if you've got questions, go online and submit them to AskDaryl.com.